Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Kathy Enderez about a new report out from the Josh Burson Company about leveraging your HCM system to simplify the technology stack. Kathy Enderez, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. Great to be it's, here. It's a pleasure to have you back. I'm trying to remember, this is probably your third or fourth time on the podcast. You're always a fantastic guest, and you're going to be sharing another really great report out of the Josh Burson company about leveraging human capital management systems to simplify the technology stack beyond HR and to talk about cloud-based HCM systems and such. Uh, I think this will just be a really great conversation. And and there's undoubtedly a lot of really great insights that you're going to be able to share with me and my listeners today. As we get started, I wanted to share Kathy's bio with everybody. Kathy Enderez is vice president of research at the Josh Burson Company, the world's largest community for HR. She has over 20 years global experience in human capital, talent and performance management and change management from consulting with IBM, PricewaterhouseCooper and Ernst & Young and industry working with companies of various sizes from Fortune 50 companies to startups in multiple industries, including technology and healthcare, and leading research on all topics of HR, including talent and technology. She is passionate about making work better and more meaningful. And I just think that's fantastic. It's always a pleasure to have you as a guest. Anything else you would like to share with me or my listeners before we launch on in? I think we can launch right in. Um, just one maybe point to explain if you haven't heard me talk about it. I'm originally from Austria, if you're trying to guess the accent. So <laughs> <laughs> always, always helpful to know. So otherwise people can't listen in and and can't um, understand what I'm saying because they're trying to guess where I'm from. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Uh, and and I should note, I'm, I'm uh, south of Salt Lake City. You're joining us from the Bay Area. Um, again, a pleasure to be with you. Uh, why don't we just start talking about the, the most recent report? Give us a little bit of a background uh, to this. Uh, what was the impetus for it? Uh, and, and how did you go about doing the, uh, the research behind this report? And then we can dig into some of the results. Yeah, so th- this latest report is about human capital management systems and how you can leverage them to improve the employee experience and make your company irresistible. Um, and um, the reason why we started this kind of 18-month project um, was because a lot of organizations obviously 
all organizations need a human capital management systems. These system implementations, if anybody has been part of that, and I think many of you have been, um, are very large, very costly, take many years usually if you're in a large organization. There's many different vendors out there. And by the time you're done with it, a lot of companies and a lot of leaders are disappointed with the results. So we wanted to understand um, what's driving that. How do the best companies that are not disappointed with the results actually get success out of these human capital management systems? And what can other organizations learn from that? So the way that we went about this, we were partnering with um, Tata Consultancy Services, who are, of course, supporting a lot of their clients on these systems implementations as well um, to a focus on uh, two, uh, three different um, human capital management system vendors. The first launch of this or the first um, uh, cut at this was on workday implementations. The second one, which is this report, was uh, based on Oracle systems. And the next one that we're working on right now is about SAP success factors. We selected these three vendors just because they were they are three of the leading um, providers of human capital management, cloud-based human capital management systems. And we wanted to understand um, what are some common themes and what are some differentiators on how uh, these systems implementations work, not from a technical perspective, because the technology, as we found out, was actually, uh, believe it or not, the easier part <laughs> in some of these. So some of these, um, the technology considerations were not so much the, uh, the differentiators on um, what uh, functionality the system has, but more how you use it, how you involve employees and line managers into it, and what partners and what support systems you have to in order to drive success. So we went about studying uh, and interviewing probably 20 or more than 20 um, companies, large complex companies around the world uh, on their success factors, on the factors of success, I should say, not <laughs> just success factors, on what drove implementation and use success of cloud-based human capital management systems. So, so that was a little bit of the background. And then we wrote it up into this um, second report that was specifically about how organizations get success out of Oracle um, systems. Yeah, thank you for that background. And it's super interesting to hear, you know, as you as you talk with organizations about what's worked well or hasn't worked well, uh, that often it wasn't necessarily even the 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 cloud system itself or the technology itself, but it was the the actual implementation process that didn't work so well. I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because it just speaks to the challenge we have with any sort of change implementation and within organizations. And the same thing applies to, you know. HR systems. Yeah, it really does. And, and the way that we um, we like to talk about it is human capital management systems are kind of like building a house or moving into a new house. And if you all have done it, I just moved in, in January um, to, from San Francisco to Palo Alto and moved into a new house. Um, there's some of the basics that, of course, can be big dissatisfied. We don't have a, right plumbing or like the, your roof leaks. Or we had a leak in the garage actually one, time, one day. Of course, your house doesn't work for you. But just because these basics work doesn't mean it's a great house for you. So you always want to, when you move into your new house, uh, when you buy a new house, you want to make it your own as well. Does it work for you? Do you need maybe to change um, the, the furniture, the lighting, the, the pictures on the wall to really make it feel like your home? And that's the way that these human capital management systems work for organizations as well. 
just because you're using the same kind of system, if you're all using Oracle, for example, in this case, um, doesn't mean your requirements, how you set it up are the same. So we interviewed, um, for example, um, very large healthcare organizations and also McDonald's. Of course, the ER nurse needs something very different to the um, drive-through restaurant worker at McDonald's and um, the financial planners at, at J.P. Morgan Chase, which was another company that we interviewed for this and wrote the story about, they need something completely different as well. Um, so making it your own, um, using it in the way that works for your employees, for your line supervisors, um, really makes makes or breaks these systems implementations as well. And um, beyond the implementation, you're never done with it too. So if you think about your house, of course, as well, um, you're never done with like rearranging the furniture, making maybe expanding some of the rooms, or making moving um, like the, the 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 use of your house around. Maybe you need a bigger kitchen. Maybe you need to adjust the lighting of that maybe uh we uh, we in our house for example we changed actually one of the windows that used to be a window we made it into a big uh, door because we wanted to go out there as well um, all of these kind of small adjustments or sometimes little uh, big adjustments also make or break the success and and you don't know uh what really works for your for your organizations and for your employees unless you actually involve them directly into that so involving employees directly into that might seem like more time spent but it can really make a big difference in terms of getting success out of your human capital management system Yeah, it might take a little bit more time up front than That's just right. rolling out the implementation, but in the long run, it's going to create more buy-in uh, and it's it's certainly just going to help everyone be more on the same page and have it be a more smooth integration uh, that's more sustainable, right? And like you said, that you, you don't just like implement and you're done. Like this is an ongoing thing and any change exactly process right. is is that way. But certainly when we're talking about human capital management systems, like that's, it's going to be an ongoing thing that you're going to have to focus on. So invest up front, make it easier for you yourselves in the long run. That's going to pay huge benefits. Um, exactly. One of the things you talked about that I think is just super important to really uh, double click on and, and hone in on is this idea of employee experience. So, so cloud-based HCM systems for designing a radically simplified employee experience. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, and we we chose these words carefully to say radically simplified because we have uh, sometimes in HR we have a tendency to think things are maybe simple or work for for your employees, but they mostly work for you in HR, right? So um, what we think might be simple is not always what might be th simple and easy to use for your line employees. If you think, for example, the healthcare organization that I mentioned, um, the ER nurse or the nurse manager doesn't have any time really to to weed through, I don't know, five-step approvals or something like that, or seven-layer seven kind of screens. They need something that's really fast, really quick, and really easy to use. So removing all this complexity up front and putting it into kind of business rules or like into the back end of the system is really very, very important because in the end of the day, your employees can only go uh, give us as good a customer experience to your customers 
as you provide to them in, in the employee experience. So this is the most important thing that we found out is um, human capital management systems, while they seem like technical implementations, they're really um, employee experience solutions that you need to uh, involve your employees, um, bring them in into the game and just get their feedback on, is it easy enough? Is it easy to do? Do they actually need any training? I think a lot of organizations think they're going to train up people and people don't have time for this, right? People don't have time for training up on complicated systems. So um, anything, uh, as as we heard from one of the, the companies that we interviewed, I think it was Air Asia, India, they said anything that's more complicated, complicated than three steps is too complicated. So they had this very maybe easy to use business rule that they set on their end when they designed the system to say more than, than three steps is too complicated. It needs to be easier. And how can we simplify that? And that might seem like a lot of work too, but it actually pays off in the long run. Yeah. And, and I'll just tack on to what you were saying. You know, people get resistant to complicated systems, um, but they get extra resistant when they feel like the systems are constantly changing. Right. That's and so, right. Exactly. which is the world we live in because the, the technology is changing so rapidly. And so it seems like there's a never ending flow of like new tech implementations within organizations and people just get super skeptical about that. Cause yeah. on the one hand, it's supposed to make their jobs easier, but all they see is this just makes my life more complicated and difficult. And I never can stay on top of the newest thing. Right. And so Absolutely. keeping it simple is really going to help with that, you know, because then they're going to, instead of just being something they're banging their head against the wall and they can never remember all the steps and they can't, they can't do it quite right. And, and whatever, like now they can just see, oh yeah, this is simple. This really does actually improve my experience at work. It helps me do my job better, faster. Uh, and the resistance is just going to go way down. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So um, designing it around the employee experience, um, JP Morgan Chase, for example, they used, um, built it around the moments that matter that they identified um, to really personalize and design this drastically simplified employee experience while also reducing technical complexity. So they had, I think, 30,000 customizations on their legacy system, and they removed all of that. These systems, including Oracle, of course, that which this re report was on, are very configurable, which is kind of a blessing and a curse because you need to decide what you want. Right. So, so unless you know what you want from these systems, they can go anywhere and you can design incredible complexity into them or incredible simplification. So um, laser focus on simplification and making it work for your employees really matters. Yeah, 30,000 configurations is probably a wee bit too much, isn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And technology, of course, wise, it's, it's very, very um um, very hard to manage, of course, too, because every time you make some upgrade to some other kind of system or downstream system, because these systems, of course, integrate in many different places, um, you need to retest everything, you need to reconfigure everything. So yeah, just simplifying that um, really makes a big difference. Yeah, very good. Uh, something else that I know you talk about in the report is using the HCM system as a powerful foundation for talent intelligence. Tell us a little bit more about that. Unpack that for us. Yeah. So talent intelligence is kind of the layer. If you think about the employee experience on the top layer, what employees actually experience and how they access the system and what their 
their workflows are like. Um, and at the bottom, maybe you have the HCM systems. We kind of show this as a kind of a layer cake, if you want. In the middle, you have what we call talent intelligence. And talent intelligence includes things like understanding what skills your competitors are hiring for versus what skills you have in the organization, what capabilities are emerging in your markets and which ones are declining. So what, what are the, the trends in terms of skills, capabilities, roles, um, jobs, and um, how do you future-proof your organization and looking both from the inside out and the outside in, really what we call talent intelligence. And of course, your HCM system is the foundation for all of that because it contains all of your jobs, all of your employee pertinent data, your demographics. So understanding and cutting um, the uh, the insights that you have into many different ways is impossible without your HCM system. So using it, setting it up at front for what you want to get out on, um, what what insights you want to drive is is really key. One of the big mistakes that we heard from, from companies or lessons learned is thinking about the insights you want to get out uh, only after the fact. So you implement the system more from a transactional perspective, and then you said, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could get some insights on all the skills that we have? Well, if you didn't set it up that way, it's going to be very hard to get things out or impossible to get out. So thinking about what um, analytics, what insights you want to get out upfront um, is really important. And I like how you frame it as talent intelligence. And and again, in the, the modern world of work, and as we're trying to think about reskilling and upskilling and and our L&D um, systems and processes within our organizations, we just need to be much more sophisticated about how we go about meeting those needs within our organizations and, and supporting our people. Uh, and so utilizing your HCM systems to help with that talent intelligence is is really key. It's going to be, be playing an increasingly huge role, I think, in organizations as they're trying to to tap that talent and, and and leverage the talent of their people. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit, hit the mark right on there, empowering people to grow. And we call this growth in the flow of work. We actually launched a, a massive study on this today um, uh, on learning and development for the future and corporate learning. Um, and um, uh, organizations have to move from thinking about learning and and enabling growth for their employees. So so that's really impossible if you don't know what your organization needs because your your employees need to move into the direction you need the organization to go. So this kind of connection between your business strategy, your uh, people strategy, and your systems, including your learning system and your HCM system are critically important. Yeah. And choosing the right partner is really important. The the right system integrator. Tell us a little bit more about what you found there. Yeah. So we found out that um, because we interviewed all these different companies in different um, industries, in different geographies, um, that um, a system integrator that actually understands your industry at a like detailed level is critically important and a, um, a system integrator that also understands your geography at a detailed level is critically important. For example, when we talked with Air Asia India, India has, of course, very different employment laws and uh, regulations than we have in the US, very complicated um, from a like 
from that perspective, from a regulative regulatory perspective. Um, if you don't have a system integrator that understands your market, uh, both from an industry and from a geography perspective, you're kind of missing the mark because you usually in your organization only do this once, right? You do this once, hopefully not uh, once in maybe the next decade or so, because you don't want to change to your point before you don't want to keep changing the system around. Um, people find this very disruptive to the work. But your system integrator has probably many, many different clients that they have um, supported in in your geography, and they can give you kind of the the, the things to watch out for. So um, when we worked with Tata Consultancy Services, they have industry aligned implementation teams that support um, their clients and can tell you, for example, all the retailers in the UK um, um, going about uh, addressing these UK specific requirements in a certain way versus a healthcare organization in the US that goes about it in a very different way because healthcare is just so different from, from retail, for example. So, so that kind of support system to carry over lessons learned from uh, company to company, from industry, to, um, from your from your industry, from your geography, is is really what can make or break the success of your HCM implementation. Yeah, and I suppose that sounds obvious. I mean, as you're describing them, like, duh, of course that would be important and that should matter. Yet this is a problem that emerges over and over and over again for organizations. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Like, why why is this a, a sticking point? Why is this something that many organizations are getting wrong? Well, I think um, system integrators, it might seem that you um, can maybe cut costs or something like that or cut corners if, because these systems, of course, are inc incredibly expensive, incredibly hard to, uh, to implement and take a long time. And so if organizations just look for the cost factor, you might go wrong, basically, and you might think you can cut corners, but then at the end of the day, it's probably going to be more expensive and, and harder for you to do. I think another point that a lot of organizations miss is their cultural alignment. So if you have a system integrator or even a system um, that doesn't fit with your how your organization operates, your values, your culture in your organization, your leadership models, then um, that can really imp negatively impact the success of your company's uh, HCM system too. Yeah. So again, cutting corners in the short run, I mean, it, it might seem like it's saving you money. In the long run, though, you're way worse off. <laughs> yes, so oh, absolutely. Just, just do, the, do the work. Don't cut the corners. Invest appropriately upfront. You're going to be so much happier. I've seen this so many times within organizations and they so think they're true. they're they think they're like getting a steal, right? Because they're they're finding ways to cut. And then yes. a year later, they're like, oh my gosh, this isn't exact at all what I thought I was getting. This doesn't integrate with these other systems. It's like nothing that I need to, it to do. It can't do any of the things that I need it to do. And then what do you, when do you have to do? You have to either get a new system or bring the person back in to, re, to do stuff. And it just costs way more money. So let's just be, you know, more thorough up front. Yeah, seems absolutely. obvious, but let's yeah. let's remind ourselves of that. <laughs> yeah, one of the executives that we interviewed from uh, a very large healthcare organization, he said, which really resonated with me. Um, 
we need to move from a focus on reducing costs to adding value. And adding value means adding value to your employees. Because in the end of the day, the, the line employees are the ones that make or break your customer experience. In this case, of course, the patient experience and patient outcomes. And if you disrupt them uh, multiple times with maybe using the wrong system or using it wrong and um, change their workflows over and over again, people will not be able to provide that great patient experience or great patient care, for example, in this healthcare organization. Um, so um, think about that too, that kind of sunk cost of employees work not being supported and uh, workflows being disrupted is, is another big cost that might end up biting you if you, if you don't plan upfront. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe we can end um, by talking a little bit about how we can leverage our HCM system to simplify the technology stack beyond HR. So as we think more holistically in the organization. Yeah. And um, this, this was something that came out uh, loud and clear in the Oracle interviews that we did, uh, the interviews with the Oracle customers that we talked with. Um, Oracle, of course, um, as you know, probably it, it includes not just an HCM module, but also finance and supply chain and marketing and sales, CRM. Um, so all of these uh, are supported by your Oracle HCM system um, as well, or integrate with your Oracle HCM system. So thinking about the, not just simplifying your HR tech stack, and oftentimes companies come from like dozens or even over a hundred systems to one system, but then also how does it integrate and support your simplified tech landscape um, on finance and operations, supply chain, marketing, and sales. And in the end of the day, if you simplify the tech stack, it goes full circle because then your employee experience is simpler too. So it goes full circle to what we started with on designing this radically simplified employee experience. If your tech stack is easier to do, um, your employees that have to touch many of these systems have a simpler experience too. Yeah, well said. Well, Kathy, this has just been a lot of fun. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go because you're going to jump to your next thing. But before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you and find out more about your work and the work of the Josh, Josh Burson company, where they can find the report and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. So yeah, um, you can find me personally on LinkedIn, of course, under Kathy Andres. Um, and um we at the Josh Person Company, we have a great, like very extensive report on this, uh, this topic, as well as um, a number of detailed case studies on um, Asia India, JP Morgan Chase, McDonald's, Tata Chemicals, for example, on their use of um, Oracle HCM for success. Um, you can find all of this at uh, joshperson.com and then connect with us um, to become a corporate member to, to get all of this and much more. Wonderful. Thank you, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, check out the report, find out more about what Kathy and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.